Welcome to the Reasonable Theology Podcast, where we present sound doctrine in plain language. We're here to help you better understand, articulate, and live out the fullness of the Christian faith. And now, here's your host, Clay Craby. Hello and welcome to the fourth episode of the Reasonable Theology Podcast. And on this episode, we're going to do something slightly different. You see, I had the opportunity recently to be interviewed for a radio program called His People, which is hosted by a man named Bill Feltner. And Bill and I discussed an article I had written for my website, which I'll link to in the show notes here. And what this article did is it took four questions that Puritan Richard Baxter would ask himself and encourage other Christians to ask when deciding what they should spend their time reading. Well, I took those questions and I applied them for what we should spend our time watching, for example, on Netflix. And so you're about to listen to an interview I had with him on a Puritan's advice for what to watch on Netflix. Now, some of the audio quality is not ideal, especially on my end because I was calling in uh, just via my cell phone, but I encourage you to listen to the entire interview. I think the discussion will be really helpful for you as you consider in your own life how you can be more discerning about the things that you watch on Netflix or Hulu or YouTube or TV or when you go to the movies. So with that, let's hop right into the interview. Pastor Clay Craby points us to the writings of a well-known Puritan church leader to help us think through making choices on what to watch on Netflix. He is pastor of adult discipleship at Grace Baptist Church in Grand Forks, North Dakota, and author of the piece, A Puritan's Advice on What to Watch on Netflix. Clay, tell us how you got the idea to apply Puritan teaching to our Netflix choices. Right, you know, that's kind of that that juxtaposition there, and and certainly not something that the Puritans would have been doing on Friday night. But, you know, for a while, I've been taken aback a few times in the recent past, uh, just in conversations with otherwise mature Christians, when they'll kind of mention some of the shows or the movies that they watch. And it's kind of been in the back of my head, wondering about this, this concept of discernment when it comes to entertainment. And while I've been kind of rolling that around in my mind, particularly in my role, as a pastor, but also uh, someone who tries to be thoughtful about those sorts of choices, I came across this uh, old piece from Richard Baxter in an old copy of Banner of Truth. I think it was one of their first issues from the late 50s, Mm. where Richard Baxter, he had this uh, advice given on helping himself and helping those he ministered to discern and make better choices about what it was they chose to read. And, uh, and that kind of stuck out to me as I was reading through that, and certainly we could apply these same questions that I'm sure we'll talk about in regards to the books we read. I was struck by how helpful it was also in regards to new forms of entertainment, Netflix, uh, TV, things we watch on YouTube, all that sort of things are applicable as well in having this more discerning frame of mind into how we engage with entertainment sources as Christians. And it's pretty interesting. You point out in your piece that uh, we still watch a lot of TV, right? Yeah, I think uh, as far as I know, these are the the latest numbers, but the average adult uh, spends about 33 hours a week watching television in some form. I I appreciate that most people aren't tuning into things as much as they're, you know, using their, their DVRs and they're watching, you know, streaming things, but Sitting and staring at the glowing rectangle consumes a tremendous amount of our time. 
Uh, and it just it just goes to show that when we say we don't have time for Bible study, we say we don't have time for this or that or even exercise or reading books for that matter, uh, it kind of exposes this blind spot that a lot of us have, Christians included, to how much of our days and our weeks we're dedicating to, in a lot of cases, thoughtless entertainment. Who were the Puritans? And you mentioned that uh, uh, Richard Baxter was a Puritan pastor. Sure, yeah. When we talk about the Puritans and Richard Baxter himself, he he lived about 400 years ago. So we're, we're talking quite a bit back uh, in about the 1600s. And some of the names that you might think of when you're talking about the Puritans are folks like John Bunyan, author of Pilgrim's Progress, uh, John Owen, um, Thomas Watson, and, and folks like Richard Baxter. Richard Baxter is a name you may have come across in relation to uh, his book called The Reformed Pastor, mm, mm-hmm. and he, he actually wrote a great number of books, almost 150 uh, books in total. But the Puritans were uh, primarily in England and later um, that kind of Puritan tradition came out in New England and America as well. But these were a group of people that were very dedicated into living their lives uh, in a way that was in accordance with God's Word, and they wanted to do things in a way that honored God. Uh, and they have a lot to say. If you read, read a lot of the Puritans' works, you'll be surprised at just how contemporary and relevant a lot of the issues that they were dealing with uh, as pastors and as theologians and Christian thinkers, how relevant those issues are to today, as we see in this, this kind of article that's repurposed, uh, in a way, from Richard Baxter. That first question is, could I spend my time no better? What is he saying? Yeah, and this is really an excellent first question to start with. Is when you're sitting down to, to pick up that remote, is, can I spend my time no better than this? Is this the best use of my time? Uh, you're going to dedicate, you know, uh, an hour and a half to a movie or 30 minutes to a show. Is there something else that you ought to be doing with that time? And, and if the answer in your mind is very quickly, yes, I, I ought to be, you know, balancing the checkbook, I ought to be, you know, playing catch with my kids, I ought to be, you know, getting ready for work, then that's what you need to do. Uh, we already mentioned that, that 33 hours statistic. Yep. It's difficult to see how someone that is spending a great number of hours each and every day watching TV, engaging entertainment, it's difficult to argue that we are redeeming the time as, as we're told to in Scripture. So that's the first question we ask, is can I spend the time no better? But that doesn't mean, and my position certainly is not, that we should never watch TV, that we shouldn't go on YouTube, that we shouldn't have Netflix. I do all these things, and I think mm-hmm. there can be a lot of benefit to them. It's great to have you know, a movie night with the kids or with your spouse. It's, it's enjoyable to watch a, a documentary or a good show that you like. It's just being more discerning about uh, when and how and how much that we're actually taking part in these things. So it, it could be very valuable um, for relaxation and for recreation with, uh, with people or even by yourself when you're trying to unwind to, to take in a show or to watch a movie or go to the movies. But the question becomes, uh, how am I going to do that in a way that is in keeping with who I am as a believer, as a follower of Jesus? And then, of course, there's, there's other questions that Richard Baxter suggests we ask. If that is the best use of our time, great. Now, how can I decide what it is that I should 
spend my time watching. I think, in fact, uh, you point out, uh, Clay, that the, the second question he asked is something right along those lines. Are there better, well, he asked, are there better books? But in this current case, better shows or movies that would edify me more. How do you go about uh, answering a question like that? Sure. And one of the issues that I think a lot of people run into is they just, they hear of a TV show, they hear of a movie. Uh, Netflix is very good at showing you what's most popular and what's trending right now. And so they just hop in and start watching it. And before you know it, they think, that yeah. you know, it's not the best movie. It's not the best content. It's not the best, you know, subject matter. But I'm kind of hooked and I'm interested and it's good. And they just continue to watch and become fans of that show. So I think that one of the first principles we need to know is just because it's popular doesn't mean it's good. And we can give lots of examples to where the popular thing is not necessarily something that we would find appropriate or beneficial for us, particularly when it comes to trying to live lives that that honor Jesus. And one of the ways that I, I try and think of it and frame it and help people think of it is in terms of physical fitness. Uh, If someone wants to be physically fit, they're going to watch what it is they eat. They're going to watch what it is they drink. They're not going to you know, eat a package of red vines and drink a Mountain Dew at 10 in the morning and then claim to have this desire to be physically fit. Mm -hmm. Well, at the same time, we need to be mindful of the entertainment that we consume if we say that we want to stay spiritually fit. And I think that's one of the issues that we run into quite a bit when it comes to uh, people kind of lapsing in judgment and lacking discernment in the area of entertainment is they're not quite seeing this this picture of, of running this race, of fighting this fight that we have in Scripture, and wanting to stay uh, in the best possible fitness we can uh, spiritually in order to do that well. Some might ask, well, wouldn't watching a sermon be more edifying than perhaps watching any movie? If you enjoy the sermons and written works of C.H. Spurgeon, I encourage you to check out the all-new chspurgeon.com. Here you'll find free, unabridged sermon audio delivered with the dynamic of live preaching, articles written by and about the Prince of Preachers, a chronological bibliography of all his books, and much more. This will be a growing library of Spurgeon-related resources to help you in your walk with the Lord. So check it out at chspurgeon.com. And certainly, and that's a great option. I mean, there's tons. One of the, the great things about the technology we have is so many Christians have have found ways to use that to serve the Lord and to to preach His Word and to teach others to study it. And so there's there's a tremendous amount of things that you could be doing if you do want to sit and watch something. And that could be uh, a documentary on Charles Spurgeon. That could be a sermon from somebody like uh, John MacArthur or R.C. Sproul or Steve Lawson or maybe an apologetics discussion from somebody like Robbie Zacharias. Mm. There's, there's tons of great content that you and your family could be watching and would actually benefit you as you do so, and, and those are some examples of how we can do that. 
And perhaps you alluded to this at the beginning, Clay, but uh, you, you quote uh, Tim Challies, who's a well-known blogger, and he addresses a lot of these questions. I think he even wrote a book on spiritual discernment, and that is that we, well, once upon a time, the Christian world used to consider, and this goes back a number of decades, this may sound strange to some people, but uh, movies or TV, out of bounds in general, it was kind of a prevailing idea to sort of avoid those. That's kind of hard to imagine. I think he calls that a form of legalism that thankfully we're not connected to anymore, but uh, perhaps the pendulum, I think you're suggesting, might have swung the other way. Yes, certainly, and I think you know, Challies picks that up, that kind of theme up in that piece as well. And, and you know, uh, it's kind of interesting to even use the Puritans as a lens for this discussion, because they get kind of accused of being, well, Puritanical, <laughs> right in the name right there, of being legalists. Yeah. And I think that's an, that's an unfair characterization of the legacy that that Puritans give us in the faith. But what happens so often is uh, Christians, we greatly fear this term legalist, and so we hop on that pendulum and we ride it completely the other direction. And I, I think that's, that's sort of what I'm trying to bring out. That's what Challies uh, brought out in his own article on a related topic, is that rather than saying, oh, all TV and movies are forbidden and, and you can't be a good Christian and do that, which of course is not is not something that we would teach or advise people. Now it's become, I can participate and I can engage with any sort of entertainment, any sort of subject matter, uh, and it's not a problem. There's nothing that is out of bounds for me. Rather than saying all TV, all movies are out of bounds, now a lot of people have arrived at this, this poor conclusion of nothing's out of bounds. Hmm. And I, I think it's sad because We've got to a point where people almost consider it a mark of spiritual maturity to be able to watch something that is not glorifying to God or actively glorifies something that God is against and not have their conscience pricked by that. And what I want to get people thinking of, and without being intentionally uh, provocative or finger-pointed, is just let people know if, if you think it's a mark of spiritual maturity to be able to watch you know, murder or, or nudity or sexual situations or this, this gratuitous violence, or even to uh, be listening to constant vulgarity and blasphemy and not have your conscience pricked by that, not uh, feel some sort of pain uh, in how you're engaging with that content. That's not a mark of spiritual maturity. That's a mark of spiritual immaturity. And that's kind of one of those red flags that I think we need to address uh, in today's culture, that not everything is within the bounds of something that we should participate in. Clay, what is the third question he asks? Yeah, the third question, and again, he is framing it in relation to books that we might read, and, and tweaking the question slightly, we have, are the lovers of such shows as this the greatest lover of the book of God and of a holy life? And what Baxter is getting at here is, what sort of company am I keeping by engaging in this particular show or movie? Am I gravitating towards expressions of art and creativity and imagination that we're going to find in films and shows? Am I gravitating towards things that lead me and point me towards God or point me away from God? Now, one question, and you raised this, does this mean we should watch only Christian movies or those made by believers. Right, and you know, even in my 
in my article, tongue in cheek, I say, mercifully, no, this is this does not mean we only have to watch Christian movies. Thankfully, uh, there's been a great number of, of films by and uh, marketed for believers in recent years that are really high quality, good acting, high production values. Uh, that's that's a recent phenomenon. A lot of uh, Christian movies, it's it's almost a, a part of your sanctification just to be able to make it to the end of them because they're just so poorly done. Thankfully, yeah. there's, there's lots of great Christian movies, and those are those can be great choices. Those are definitely an option for what you want to watch. But we don't necessarily have to limit ourselves to movies that are specifically made for and by believers. Now, you raise an interesting point uh, in this context, in this question, that is to at least to try to consider, and of course some people might say this is thinking too hard while you're trying to be entertained or just to relax, but to consider the worldview that's being appealed to or that's being put forth by the show or the movie you're watching. What's involved in uh, understanding the worldview? Yeah, and that that can be a real key here because, you know, when you say, no, you don't have to limit yourself to just Christian TV shows and movies, uh, it might for a moment feel like you're just opening the floodgates and, and everything, you know, everything is available to us. And we want to use discernment. One of the ways that we can do that is to consider the worldview. And, you know, you're not necessarily going to know the worldview and um, the beliefs and the ideology behind all the people, the directors and the producers and the writers and the actors of a particular show or movie. But if you're discerning, even before you watch that um, show or movie or whatever it might be, you can get a pretty good sense of what are they appealing to? Are they trying to... Uh, appeal to and grab the attention and incline our hearts towards the things of God, or are they trying to entice us and draw our attention towards the things of this world? Is is the movie of the show trying to draw us towards things that are good and true and beautiful, like uh, perhaps courage and sacrifice and love and beauty, or is it just meant to draw us towards, uh, you know, worldliness and pursuing wealth or even criminal mischief or uh, extramarital uh, sexual situations, what is it that this is really appealing to, and is that something that we want to participate in? And if the worldview is anti-Christian, if we're approaching it thoughtfully, is, is it a problem to watch a movie that has such a worldview? You know, I, I think that that question best answered by the individual believer, I myself would put a, you know, a caution flag up of, we've got a tremendous amount of things that we could be watching. So if you've already gotten through that first question is, hey, watching something's a great use of my time for the next, you know, couple hours or hour or whatever it is, you've got so many choices. There's really no reason to, to pick up the remote and select something that is going to be intentionally created in order to entice uh, passions within you that don't honor God. And if you think that might be the case, a lot of people, uh, and even a lot of blogs and commenters, they kind of try to find this redeeming quality from an otherwise trashy movie and somehow try and sanctify it in a way where it was okay to watch and try to justify it. My thought is, why don't you just watch something that doesn't have that element to it? Why support or engage in uh, or participate in a type of entertainment that's not going to be helpful for you spiritually. 
And again, it, it kind of goes back to those analogies um, that I gave earlier and that we see in Scripture of trying to be physically fit. You know, when a marathon runner is going to run a race, there's probably rules uh, against taking some sort of performance-enhancing drug. Mm-hmm. And so he's not going to do that because it's against the rule. Well, there's no rule against wearing overalls and, you know, big, giant, muddy Doc Martin boots. But he's not going to wear those because he wants to run the race well. And there might not be a particular rule that you can pinpoint in Scripture that would say you can't watch this movie or that show, but put a little extra thought into it. Is this going to help me as I go in the Christian journey? You suggest, you don't call it a litmus test exactly, but perhaps something else to help our discernment, that if we hesitate to recommend the film or the show to other believers, or conversely, if we hesitate to tell perhaps a fellow fan of the show that we're a Christian. Exactly. And so if you're, if you're a fan of a big popular show and you're talking to maybe a coworker or you know, someone at a baseball game uh, that you maybe don't know where they're at spiritually, but you know you're both a fan of the show, if you would hesitate to let them know that you're a Christian because you've already identified yourself as a fan of that show, you probably need to rethink your choices. And at the same token, if you're at church talking to someone after the service and you both know, hey, we're trying to live in this world for Christ and, and you know, be a light on a hill and, and all of that, if you hesitate to let them know the shows that you like to watch uh, on Saturday evening, you probably also need to rethink your entertainment choices. Well, my guest, Pastor Clay Craby, he uh, is pastor of Adult Discipleship at Grace Baptist Church in Grand Forks, North Dakota. We're talking to him about his uh, provocatively titled piece, A Puritan's Advice on What to Watch on Netflix. It's based on four questions that Puritan Pastor Richard Baxter suggested that people apply to books that they were planning to read. The fourth question Clay, does this movie, book originally, but does this movie increase my love to the Word of God, kill my sin, and prepare me for the life to come? That's a tall order. It certainly is, and you read that, and whether you're talking books or movies, you start to think, well, how can it, how can anything kind of fall in this category outside of, you know, some sort of monastic lifestyle where <laughs> we just sit and pray and read our Bibles all day long, but... I think what this question's really getting at is remembering that this world's not our home. We're we're forgiven sinners, we're purchased by Christ, we're bound for heaven, and that should impact the way we live our lives. It should impact the choices that we make. So how can I select a show or a movie that that makes me love God's Word more, that, that makes me want to kill my sin, makes me want to prepare for the life to come rather than this one? And so there's there's several questions that a person could ask themselves to try and get at the heart of the question that Baxter's asking here. And one of those questions is, does the movie help me better appreciate the truth expressed in Scripture, Mm. or is it completely void of redemptive element? Mm -hmm. Does the movie help me consider, wow, uh, this is how a person, you know, acted in a really intense, difficult situation, and help you kind of think through that? Or is it just a bunch of, you know, explosions and curse words and death on the screen? You know, there's lots of questions. Another question you can ask, too, is, does the show encourage me to snuff out the sin in my life? That kind of that mortification of sin, a big Puritan principle. Mm -hmm. Does that help me want to snuff out the sin in life? Or does it kind of draw me to see how close I can get to the flame without getting burned? And I think so much of our entertainment these days, if... Christians are doing a decent job of saying, well, that's just outright 
um, immoral. I'm not going to watch gratuitous sex and violence. But they kind of start swimming in this gray area of the pond. Well, is it a show that's trying to entice you to see how close you can get to this thing that you've identified as sinful without making a, a problem for yourself spiritually? And if that's the case, I'd really suggest that someone consider uh, making better choices in what they choose to watch. You're encouraging us, uh, Pastor Baxter, as well, to see our entertainment choices, Netflix or whatever, in light of that spiritual warfare that every believer is involved with, that poor choices may actually weaken our faith or, or our armor, as the Scripture says. We are in a spiritual battle. Satan would love nothing more than to take Christians out of the fight. He would like nothing more than to slow down your spiritual progress and, and hamper your effectiveness in serving God's kingdom. That's a huge element of how we want to think about living a Christian life. And, of course, that's not limited to the, the world of entertainment. I mean, that's the jobs we take. That's the friends we keep. That's how we, you know, do every aspect of our life. So how can we do it in a way that, one, uh, helps us be as uh, efficiently engaged in gospel-focused living as we can, and, two, uh, what helps us to honor the Lord? We have a Lord and Savior who's purchased us by His own blood. That should affect every choice that we make, and we should want to make choices that honor Him. I think it was John MacArthur that said we should not be entertained by the sins for which Christ died. And I think so often that's what we're doing when we're engaging in content and movies, just because it's popular, just because it's enjoyable to watch, but what we're really watching and engaging in is the display of sin and activities that we would never tolerate in our own home or from our children, and yet we pick up the remote and we invite those things, that language, those situations, that violence, right into our living rooms at night after night. And we really need to think through that more, and how can we protect our, our own spiritual growth and that of our families, and how can we honor the Lord in even the small choices of life? And, you know, in 1 Corinthians 10.23, the Apostle Paul is saying, all things are lawful, but not all things are helpful. All things are lawful, but not all things build up. So yes, we, we've got freedom in Christ to watch Netflix and watch a, a TV show on Hulu or see something on YouTube or go to the movies. What we want to do is make sure that the choices we make with entertainment are something that are going to be helpful, something that is going to build us up rather than hinder our progress, and tear down our efforts to follow Jesus. You've been listening to His People on Pilgrim Radio. Many thanks to our guest, North Dakota Pastor Clay Craby. His piece, A Puritan's Advice on What to Watch on Netflix, is on his blog, reasonabletheology.org. Well, there you have it, my radio interview about a Puritan's advice for what to watch on Netflix. I hope that was a help to you. Uh, if you would like to learn more about this or find the original article or some additional resources, be sure to check out the show notes at reasonabletheology.org and look forward to having you join us again on the next episode of the Reasonable Theology Podcast. Thanks for listening to the Reasonable Theology Podcast. Be sure to visit ReasonableTheology.org for more helpful resources on understanding, articulating, and living out the Christian faith. In addition to the show notes for this episode, you'll find articles, videos, book reviews, and much more. That's ReasonableTheology.org.
Thanks again for listening. If you enjoy the Reasonable Theology podcast, go to reasonabletheology.org slash subscribe and get the weekly email. Each week I send out the latest article or podcast episode, and each email also includes a helpful definition to expand your theological vocabulary, a beautiful painting depicting a scene from scripture or church history, a musical selection to enrich your day, as well as the best book deal I've found that week to add trusted resources to your library. Try it out at reasonabletheology.org slash subscribe.